Class of 2016. Seems hard to imagine. Six years ago, give or take a few months, as you entered into the youth group, as you began the journey of a part of legacy at Northside, you began, hopefully, a journey that will continue long after today. One week ago, yesterday, a 12-year-old girl began a 5K race. Now, that might not seem a strange thing, but Leadinez Rodriguez got to the race that she entered last Sunday just a little bit late. And so as she arrived, they had already started the race, and runners were kind of spreading out as they began. So she hurried up and got to the beginning of the race and ran with them. As she ran the 5K, for what seemed an awfully long time, about halfway through she realized this was not her race. You see, she had mistakenly joined the runner's of the half marathon. So instead of running three miles like she had planned to run, that day in Rochester, New York, a 12-year-old ran 13 miles. She was committed to it. She finished the race, but it was not the race she was intended to run. As you begin this milestone, I want to encourage you to make sure you're running the right race. Sometimes that gets confusing because you're given a lot of different races to run by a lot of different people. At one of the most life-changing sermons Jesus ever gave, he ended the sermon, as all preachers must, by telling a story. And that story is what I want to share with you tonight. That sermon is found in Matthew and Luke. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. This is the story Jesus told. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man, a wise man, who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You see, the question tonight is not whether or not you know the Bible. A graduating class, certainly from Northside, has heard lots of Bible. Lots of Bible from here. Lots of Bible... Down that hallway. Lots of Bible across the way. Lots of Bible at Winterfest and teen camp. That's not the question. The question really is, what are you going to do with it? 
Anyone can hear it. And Jesus says, if you hear this sermon of mine and you do nothing with it, that's a problem. You see, these two men in the story, both of them had the exact same vision. They had the same dream. They wanted to build their dream house. As I talked about this morning, a house is a good metaphor for your life. Each of you graduates, believe it or not, the other graduates in your class have dreams too. They want to be successful. They want the, maybe it's a family, maybe it's a successful career, maybe it's a certain amount of money, maybe it's living in a certain place, perhaps it's traveling, maybe it's an athletic career. Well, I don't know what your dreams are, but you all have dreams. And that's good. That's the way God designed you to be. The two men in the story, both of them had big dreams. Both of these men had the same instructions, the same blueprints, the same building plan. They had a way to look at their life to decide how to build it. A set of instructions that showed them the way to build and to construct their life in such a way to prepare for the storm. And both of these men, though they had big dreams and though they had the same set of building plans, they would both face storms. Now, some of you haven't faced storms, but... I can guarantee you the storm clouds are coming. Can I get an amen, Josh? We live in Kansas. And if you've lived in Kansas most of your life, you know that the best time to build a tornado shelter is not when the tornado is dropping down. The best time to prepare for the storm is before the storm. You're going to face some storms, and I don't know what they are. Some of you will have a rocky marriage. Some of you will experience catastrophe and lose someone close. Some of you may lose a child. Some of you may have tremendous health problems. I don't know. We're not told. Jesus says, storms are not a matter of if, but when. So he says, the only way to prepare is to build correctly. He says, these two men... Though they had the same vision and the same instructions and faced the same storm, they had very different character. One man was eager to build his house, and so he just began putting up two-by-fours and gave no thought to the foundation. Well, that's good as long as the sun is shining and there's no wind blowing. And that house will last for a little while. And some of you are at the point in your life where you're ready to start building. And maybe your parents have told you how to build. Maybe your friends have told you how to build. You'll have professors at college that will have an agenda and want to push you in a certain way to build. And you'll build and be so anxious to construct your life that you'll begin building on sand. Jesus says don't build on sand. Don't merely hear these words of mine. Don't merely go to church or youth group or campus ministry or wherever you end up without letting it change who you are. You're all going to face storms. So have the character not of the foolish man who built on the sand, 
You see, Jesus said he's just a man who heard the word. He knew the word. He read the word. He, stu- he didn't study the word. He just let it sink into his mind. But the wise man let it sink into his heart where it took root, where it grounded him. He set his life, you see, on the course of the rock. And so that when the storms come, and they will, and the winds beat against your house, and the rain blows, it won't fall. I want you to build wisely, not foolishly. It's so hard to get that when you're at the stage you are right now. Statistically speaking, well, you know me. Let me do a visual. Will all of the graduates please stand up? You knew you weren't getting away from my sermon without being involved. If I count correctly, it looks like there are 14 of you. Is that right? Statistically speaking, if the back row of you could sit down, and then the two of you right here would sit down, Em and Matt, statistically speaking, that's about what happens. You graduate, you may have a summer in the youth group, you go to college, and about half of you, Leave the church, faith, Jesus, the Bible. You leave it all behind. It's a lot of hand-wringing that this generation is leaving the church. I'm sad for that. And I think in some cases, maybe it's the other way around, that the church has left this generation. Now, I don't know if it will be these six or seven. I don't know who it will going to be. Would you all stand back up again? Because in reality, none of you have to be a statistic. You get to choose. But there's going to come a day when no one's going to wake you up and say, time to go to church. There's no one going to encourage you to to come to the, the next program or ministry like the youth ministers you've had have done. There's no one going to be tapping your shoulder to make sure that you're reading your Bible or praying. There's no one intentionally going to be walking beside you unless you choose to have those people in your life. So don't. Don't be a statistic. Build your house wisely. During your youth group years in the youth group, I prayed for you every day. I haven't stopped that because I've stopped being the youth minister. I pray for you because... Your soul matters not just to me, but more importantly to God. And while we celebrate this milestone today, and now you can sit down. While we celebrate this milestone, don't let it be the last milestone with God and with God's people. Build wisely. It's largely in your hands. You get to choose what kind of house are you going to build. I know it's exciting to be on the precipice of your life with all the opportunities that lie ahead. And you should be excited. God has many great things in store. But as you prepare and plan and think and dream and pray, don't forget to build. Forget to build wisely. To make sure you're digging down deep. It doesn't cost anything to build on sand. It's pretty cheap. Getting down to bedrock, that's a lot tougher. You've got to work at it. You've got to want it. 
You've got to be sincere in your desire. The scripture says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you'll take that seriously, that, that first Sunday away, I hope you'll make the decision. I'm going to be a part of the church. I'm not just going to sit in a pew. I'm going to, I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to lead a Bible study or I'm going to lead a, a ministry. Uh, God has plans for you. I hope you rise up because you're the church of today if you're baptized into Christ. But you're going to lead the church of tomorrow. And I'm excited for that too. I hope you guys lead a church that learns to continue to tell the old, old story in a new and different language. I hope you bring the message of Jesus to your friends and to the new people you're going to meet. But all the while, don't forget to build. Don't forget to dig down deep. The wise man said in Proverbs, seek wisdom, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Wisdom takes time and it takes effort, but I hope you'll choose to build wisely. One final verse from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. I hope you underline these words and think about them as you begin to pursue a new chapter in your life. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Live wisely. More importantly, build wisely. You've had so many people in this body who have been pouring into you the last 17 or 18 years. Whether it be your parents, your family, your prayer pals, people on this side of the body. Maybe that they don't know you directly, but they pray for you and they encourage you and they love you. You've had a youth minister that loves you and prays for you. And Mike continues to do that as well. But there's coming a time when the little eaglets must leave the nest. And it's your choice whether to fly or fall. It is up to you. Reminds me of a well-known story. You've heard me tell it before. It's about a wise old man who lived in a village. And in that village, the people not only knew that he was wise... But whatever he told them was true and could be trusted. There were two young boys in that village, and they were a bit mischievous. Kind of remind me of Josh Weber. And they decided they were going to go up and play a trick on that wise old man. No, they weren't going to put Ambisol on his toothbrush one year at Winterfest. They instead were going to ask him a question that they thought he couldn't answer. They said, what we're going to do is capture a little bird. We'll put him in our hands. We'll take that bird in our hands and knock on the door. And when he answers, we'll ask him, tell us, wise old man, is the bird in our hands alive or dead? And if he says, I perceive that the bird being alive because I hear it tweeting, they'll crush it and kill it and prove him wrong. But perhaps they'll say, well, I hear no sounds, so the bird must be dead. Well, they'll open their hands and set it free. 
Having their plan in mind, they went up the hill to his home where they knocked on the door. As they knocked on the door, the wise old man opened it. Seeing the two boys, they asked him the question. Wise man, we have in our hands a little bird. Can you tell us, is it alive or is it dead? The wise old man looked at the boys with the wisdom of the ages. He looked into their eyes and he said, It is as you will it. The same is true tonight. Where you go from here and how you choose to live is in your hands. Can I pray for you? Father God, thank you for these, these young men and women. Just on the beginning chapters of their life, so much to be written. So much that you're going to accomplish through them. So many dreams and hopes, things they want to do, things that you want them to do. Thank you, Father. Won't you walk with them, Father? But I know that you want to. The real question is if they'll walk with you. If they'll build their lives based on the teachings of your word. If they'll put it into practice when no one's there to nudge them to do so. I pray that your spirit works in their heart to nudge them to build wisely. For it's in their hands. Father, we pray for them that they'll choose wisely. In Christ's name we pray.